And we are back for episode four of the F1 Money Gang pod. This is sponsored by Underdog. F1 Money Gang is the promo code. Please use that code. You get 100% match on your deposit. If you use it, again, F1 Money Gang is the promo code. And I just want to dive right into it, guys. It's been a while. feels like forever since we seen an F1 race, even though it's been, what, like a week and a half. But to kick things off, I think Jinx is going to give us a recap of what happened since it's been a while. Even myself, I forgot what happened. So, Jinx, what what happened in that Monza race? I mean, much of the same. Uh, Verstappen took a grid penalty at the start, took a five-place grid penalty. So, I think he started sixth. Uh, the whole grid was jumbled up. We had Sainz, Hamilton, Perez, uh, Bottas, Mick Schumacher took a gearbox, uh, Magnussen. I mean, there was quite a few. I think there were seven or eight guys at the back. I know uh, Akon took, I think, a five-place grid penalty, too. So, well, a jumbled start. Um, Leclerc started on pole. Uh, there was a safety car after about, I think, 10 laps when Vettel uh, blew up. And then that brought in the VSC. Leclerc, as usual. Ferrari just pulled their master strategy. They stayed out, ended up not working out in their favor. And Verstappen basically had the race on cruise control till a late safety car came out for Ricardo, who's been having a terrible season. Uh, he was running in the points and then he ended up blowing up. So we had Verstappen taken at home, Leclerc second, and then George Russell again for the fourth out of fifth race, sitting on the podium. Uh, signs coming from the back, finished fourth, Hamilton in fifth, and then rounding out six was Perez. Um, looking at the points, pretty interesting. Nick DeVries was in ninth, started in the points position and had a very quiet weekend. Uh, you know, had a great, great run Saturday for the emergency sub of Alex Alvan, who had appendicitis. And then, you know, just, I mean, basically a great race for a rookie. I mean, points in your yeah. first effort to start, you know, you can't really complain there. We know that uh, Latifi is sweating right now. That's for sure. Or he's probably already on on LinkedIn looking for a new job. We know that. So that was a just, I, I got to say, I was actually very impressed with this performance. I did not expect that. But yeah, uh, Monza definitely did, uh, was interesting. Obviously before we had the grid penalties uh, that kind of played into uh, a lot of my mistakes as it came to betting, what was it, FP2. I think uh, I... I don't know, guys. I kind of struggled with FPs. I think the FP one was my only winners, and then after that, I couldn't. I couldn't get any. I didn't even bet anything for FP three, and yeah. that was just not a beautiful one for me. Like Stroll, Vettel, uh, Stroll has been hitting what I don't know past four races uh, over Vettel in FP two. I lost that one. Well, the interesting uh, thing about Stroll is, is he went. He went slower in FP2 and FP3 than he did in FP1. Well, so in general, Aston Martin just just I, I what did I say last week? I said, hey, let's let's put them on watch. They were looking better, they were looking faster, and they just looked awful. That let yeah. me just put that as that's where I was wrong. Was Aston yes. Martin was bad. <laughs> I mean, we expected Seb to be where he was. I mean, it's not like he dominated Stroll. I mean, he beat him in qualifying and in FP3, FP2. I mean, he was running 17th. So just yeah. a terrible weekend by Stroll. Yeah, no, absolutely. I know uh, I know that we had some successes from other from the other guys here. Uh, I know uh, what lights you seem to you had some some good hits there last on the last race. 
Yeah, it uh, it was interesting because I was busy all day Saturday, so I didn't have a chance to overthink it and um, like make make a cut, bunch of bets like on possible good penalties and like it was just such a muddled mess and and um, I think everybody was trying to lean into some of that on Saturday and and it didn't necessarily play out. Um, so all my stuff that I booked earlier in the week ended up hitting. And, uh, then when I looked later that night, you know, just a couple simple ones and they all seemed to hit, uh, I definitely got absolutely dumped in FP two, if I recall, uh, Ferrari won FP one, but it was only because Norris screwed up Max's hot lap. Otherwise Max would have like cakewalked FP one. So then we That's all right. leaned to him on FP two and, um, it didn't end up happening. We've set all along back Ferrari on Fridays. And then usually FP3, uh, Red Bull's in, in like race form and, and they dominate that one. And that's what ended up happening on FP3, not FP2. So I got to give a shout out to uh, Tom the man because it, it felt like as a crew, we made good bets in FP2, but it just didn't work out. And like it was based on trends and data. So you can't be too mad at yourself. But as a better, uh, you got to have the courage to come back to a bet, you know, the following session. And, and so I ended up just running the exact same bets for fp3 and two out of three the three of them hit so fp3 was profitable uh fp1 was profitable just not fp2 and then obviously carrying over into qualifying and, and race day um yeah i had similar success you know anytime the the race favorite wins the race it's not gonna be like a hugely profitable day but uh getting some of those nice ones like devries points was a good one or um i'm just kind of yeah. recapping on the fly here bottas over latifi for the uh, money gang community pick i mean it might be a canary in the coal mine for Bottas's career that he's getting paired against Latifi, but we're going to take that all day long. Yeah, but um, that's a potential line of the year right there, potentially. Yeah. Well, or how really about agree. how about uh, how about the podium order that we we actually placed the Leclerc, Russell, and Verstappen? And we placed that really early too, and that that ended up being an awesome bet. Com- I mean, compared to the trash stuff I already had, but that kind of saved me a little bit. The Plus four hundred, Leclerc, Russell, and Verstappen. I should have put, I should have put like two or three units on that. That was that was that felt too easy. But um, yeah, no, it definitely was very interesting going into the race. I think a lot of different things played in hand. I know we were talking about that in the Discord too. Was uh, I mean, Yuki looked solid in every session, but just didn't hit his head to head. And we learned because he was running softs the entire first uh, FP1, did not run softs FP2. These are things that we want to try to track, you know, make sure that as we're watching FP1, if the tires are not lining up for them to maximize their win against their their partner in FP2, that's the one you want to take. So there's there's a lot of learnings in this uh, for for free practices, so. Yeah, it's uh, it was a fun race, so uh, for sure. Um, but yeah, what about uh, Dulcetto and and Renegade? What what about what about you guys? How did you feel about that race? Um, you guys do? It wasn't a great uh, race weekend, and the race results uh, were not great for me. Um, I had double Alpine points, and there was something off with Alpine during the 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 race. We saw. Alonso retired because of the ERS issue. Mm-hmm. And Ocon was nowhere. He was, he, I think he had a grid five place grid penalty. And for, the, for most of the race, he was five seconds behind Zhu. 
and he was being held up by the Williams. So it was surprising that he couldn't catch up. So he might have had the same issue as well. So there was something off about Alpine. And yeah. also Perez. I had Perez in a group bet, but that would have won, but he got a puncher on his heart. So unfortunately, he had to pit again and finish behind Hamilton. Yeah, actually, that one I struggled with too because uh, I think I had, I, I'm trying to check right now. I think I had Perez over Hamilton and and I just, that guy, he just, he continues to to fuck me on bets. Excuse my French to anyone out there, but yeah, I had Perez over Hamilton and that was, glad I didn't put more than, I think I put 75.75 units on that. I didn't even do full two, but definitely was not fun watching that um and i was on the alpine top 10 i feel like i play that every week and i probably will continue to play that every week <laughs> but you know some uh, races go for you some races go the yeah other and that was interesting you do bring up a good point there was something not right with alpine that weekend i mean i know we've seen some data on them and you know their top speed is just kind of varied on track you'd, you'd see like they're hitting it on on some of those long straights but then uh, i can i couldn't tell you what was going on this that past race on why they were struggling same thing i just could not read aston martin as well so it was not the proper track for me to read i guess um, and it's very unique track so yeah yeah it's not too much to read for the races coming forward yeah and what about you dulcetto hey guys uh well same for me i mean i had a i went two and one with the picks i had um very slight profit uh just just based on odds but i also had uh double points for alpine as um renegade said you know uh just alonso just losing out earlier you know you know having that oil issue oil leak i think it was the issue that, that he had that screwed up that bad. Uh, I did have uh, Max to finish sixth or better at the end of the first lap. He started in seventh, so I felt like that was kind of a gimme, considering it's Max. He's a very aggressive driver, and he drives the fastest car on the grid. So, so you know, like like given the odds, I just had to play that. Um, and then I had my you know f- favorite juicy parlay. You know, the I had the head-to-head matches. I had a three-leg parlay. Gasly to beat Yuki, uh, George to beat Lewis, and Max to beat Sergio Perez. That was an easy one. Uh, but overall, I'm glad I, I almost tipped the uh, over 17 and a half because I was like, there's nine guys getting new engines or new updates, whatever. You know, I was like, there's no way that these guys are going to start crushing or, you know, it was a very wide open track. And I'm glad I didn't do it because it would have lost. <laughs> but, um, I had a pretty good weekend. Uh, kind of a dull race, if you ask me. Uh, especially the ending, you know. Kind of like the last six, seven laps on a safety car. I wish it was a Abu Dhabi, you know. Let him race. It's a right. So, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, man. That's. I mean, it, there was some entertainment, but yeah, Monza tends to be boring for most of the race, and then something happens to make it interesting. But I have to say, I'm happy that there was a safety car because that was, uh, you know, as you know, I shared in the Discord, I have that season-long 
to have a safety or a virtual safety car on every race. Every race and, uh, <laughs> and that was the only track I was worried about because, uh, you know, like it's not known to have wrecks or, you know, and, uh, oh man, I was so happy when that happened. <laughs> yeah. So man. my bed is still alive. I have six more tracks. So Ooh. let's go yellow flags. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna have to uh I'm gonna have to track this every week with you now. We're gonna have to bring that up, but definitely yeah. it's an awesome bet. It it, it was plus sixty six hundred, so so you can't beat those odds. Yeah, no, absolutely, awesome odds. So, yeah, yeah, and uh, Jinx, what about you? Yeah, we had a solid weekend. Um, started good, ended good. Middle wasn't too good. Um, started off, I hit Chuck. Chuck Leclerc, a little bit under three to one odds in FP1, figured they would come out strong. You know, I felt this, you know, they're out of the constructors and championship, both con- drivers and constructors championship. So figured Ferrari would throw a Hail Mary and wasn't on speed, but still he got FP1, um, FP2. I took Stroll over Vettel and that didn't hit. I had Sonoda over Cassie, that didn't hit. Qualifying, Stroll laid an egg against Vettel, so that didn't hit. Um, I had, uh, Joe Guang Yu over Bottas. Figured Bottas would give him a toe. That didn't hit, but race um, took a little bit of a, a value play. Charles was six to one. So I took that and it closed at one, 150. So, you know, took value on that. That didn't hit, but um, had Bottas over Latifi for 75% of that race. It was a sweat. Magnuson got into butt. Continuing Magnuson's streak of having an incident in a race but for the first time in three races bought has finished the race so congratulations sim there and then i got a little bit lucky on akon over alonzo expected an alonzo grid penalty that didn't come and ended up being akon but was good to have some luck always man and that's part of the the game with betting overall doesn't matter if it's f1 or anything sometimes you know luck goes your way sometimes it doesn't go your way but at the end of the day, what you're trying to do is maximize your odds on every bet you make. And that's all you want. That's all you can do It's just, it's just make sure you do that. Well, guys, we, uh, we I feel like we are in this like second summer break. It feels like uh, for many of you that may not be in, getting into F1 or something like that, that just started. There actually was supposed to be a race. It was supposed to be the Russian GP. <clears throat> but that's been canceled. So that's why we have a little bit of a break here until the Singapore GP, which is not this weekend, but the following weekend. So it's coming. It's we, we, we're starting to see some odds. They're starting to post. Um, I know that last night, Bavada started posting up some, some more odds other than just race winners. Um, but before we get into the odds, let's kind of go through Singapore. Um, I think it's been what 2019, the last time we've raced here, very very high downforce track i mean it's it's more technical i guess the comparison would be like a monaco of course street circuit with walls it's at night um which is pretty cool too um so it's the only street circuit at night until there's vegas um yeah so i think the strategy typically is going to be you know you want to try to do a one pit stop might be two you never know. Could be more. Who knows what the tires are going to react this year? But yeah, I think um, 
I think we've all been trying to dial in on what type of track this is, who it's kind of hard, right? These are new cars. We've never seen these cars on this track. So uh, what are, what are some of the thoughts so far just about, you know, trends or things you've seen things that you are looking to uh, use as your analysis going into betting next week, whenever the odds are really pumping out. So I'll start. I got a, a few things that jumped out at me. Uh, this isn't track specific, but I would say for sure from Monza, we saw odds on um, FP1 and qualifying. It, it seems like the algorithms still aren't strong. It seems like they're still overvaluing uh, Sunday race session performance. So giving Max better odds than Ferrari, for example, even though we've seen uh, certain teams just don't prioritize FP1 or FP2 or even qualifying the same way other teams do. So there is still lots of value in those sessions outside of the race day. It seems like on the actual race, they're pretty sharp, but <clears throat> I know when Bovada Bodog first released their odds uh, on qualifying, for example, they had Ferrari priced at plus 150 for qualifying. And uh, at this point in the season, I don't think Ferrari should be a dog on qualifying at all. So that's the first one that jumps out at me. Um, outside of that, like we were analyzing some of the trends, the trends stayed pretty true in Monza, even though it was, you know, there's lots of speculation with engine grid penalties and, and uh, how fast Max was looking, but <clears throat> all season, well, maybe not all season, but the last few races, seems like we've kind of cracked the case on these veteran drivers in FP1. Guys like Vettel, Hamilton, uh, even Verstappen to a degree, but yeah, like Vettel, Hamilton, Bottas, the older guys, uh, generally don't seem to try as hard, so you'll have good luck backing their teammates there. Russell and Stroll uh, are always good bets in FP1 and then just bet them less and less as the weekend goes on. Vettel over Stroll in FP3 seems like the lock. So whether that's driver preference or the team prioritizing one car over the other, uh, in the last five FP1 sessions, Lance Stroll has beat Sebastian Vettel four out of five times. And then in FP3, it's the complete opposite. Vettel has beat Stroll four out of five times. Those are just a couple of things jumping out at me right away. Uh, and then I would just say, you know, Monza, confirmed a few trends to back, continue to back Ferrari on Saturday and then back Red Bull on Sunday as a general theme of life. This is why you're called lights out, man. Just because you're just, you're, you're lights out to the books. I mean, you're just turning them off right now. The FP trends, FP one, two trends, qualifying trends. I mean, you, you called out a lot. So like qualifying winning car Ferrari until that trend changes, they're the ones that are going to, they, they love to do the hot laps. Let's just put it that way. Then they fade on Sundays because they just can't get their tire degradation. Just so many things, right? Tires, strategy, car sucks. Who knows? Um, you know, stroll over Vettel's obviously a key one you called out there. And then um, what was the other one? You said you, you called out one fade, more? Just fade the veterans on FP1. They don't fade, fade them yeah. all. They, it seems like Vettel. adrenaline adrenaline yep. management or something you know they don't push as hard in fp1 they save it for the rest of the weekend yeah no that's awesome awesome insight um yeah who else uh i know a lot i know you guys have been just chatting away on on singapore gp chat in the discord which by the way if you haven't joined our discord yet uh check out our the link we have it over there on apple we have it on our twitters join our discord constantly got action going on and talking about the the races even when we're off um, but yeah, anyone else got some trends that they're they're spying? Yeah, well, so like, I'll go next. I'll go ahead. Oh yeah, I'll go, yeah, um, go ahead. Nick. So I'm convinced that Charles Leclerc is just is going to win the Singapore Grand Prix. Wow! Because Monaco 
uh, we saw Leclerc this year, he just crushed everyone else in qualifying. It's similar here. Uh, he got pole in 2019 by nearly two tenths over Vettel, who's supposed to be the Singapore king. And pole position means a lot. Uh, so it's nearly 60% who's won from pole position. And if Ferrari didn't accidentally undercut the player with Vettel in 2019, it would have been around 67%. And we know Ferrari are quite good at qualifying. And if he gets it on pole, um, uh, I think you need to be two seconds a lap quicker to overtake. They just need to get that pit stop phase correct and hopefully no safety car screws him over. Yeah, and actually, he could have won in 2019. We, I mean, most of us probably rewatched the race, I'm sure, at some point. Definitely, Leclerc was leading the entire time. There's a little mess up with their strategy. Go figure. But I wanted to call that out. I'm glad you you said that because I had this trend actually written up on the, uh, what did you say, 60% of the pe- uh, drivers on pole win the race, yeah. which I'll just, just quickly run it down for you guys. Leclerc in 2019 got qualifying and Vettel won the race. 2018, Hamilton won both qualifying and race. 2017, Vettel won qualifying, Hamilton won the race. 2016, Rosberg dominated both sessions. 15, won by Vettel, both quali and race. 14, I mean, we went four straight years where Vettel and Hamilton or Rosberg won, uh, got qualifying and then won the race. And actually in 2012, Hamilton probably would have won that race too, but he had a DNF. So Vettel ended up winning. And even though he was, he qualified first. So love that stat, by the way, I'm glad you called that out. And I do want to say, I think you, you're pushing me to, to do another Charles Leclerc to win race uh, this weekend. I think you're convincing me. So I think he's plus 450 at the moment. As soon as the FP ones and if Ferrari do well, the odds are going to, crash anyway so and that's and that's what happened in monza right you remember we we were talking about this where we were like what there's this is crazy his odds were like plus 600 yeah and it didn't matter it it didn't matter where he was at at i mean i don't think it was at plus 600 until it was a live bet and he was in you know third place or whatever it was here's a question for you guys yeah are you greedy enough to sprinkle leclerc to win qualifying and the and the race at plus seven hundred, absolutely, and that's why that's why I had this this grid written up of going back to twenty twelve, where I was like, the trend should be if you're going to bet someone to win the race, you might as well bet them qualifying and to win. You you should you just should, and the stats show it. And Rennie actually pointed it out first. So, and I think Verstappen's priced up as if track position isn't king here like yeah. it's not monza where you can just go and overtake easily yeah no absolutely i think that's i'm i'm glad we i'm glad you called that out because that is one that i would say if you're gonna i it sucks i'm looking at bavada right now max verstappen fastest qualifier and win the race is even i don't i, I mean sure if you want to if you just want to chalk it up to max winning you might as well just do that bet I don't know. What is he? 250? Yeah, minus 250. Like, if you really want to bet max, just do that. But, uh, I mean, that... I just... I love that stat. I mean, it's it's 
it's all about that track position early on. And yeah. And Leclerc got Paul at Monza. He should have probably got it at the race before at Zambor, but he made a mistake on a final Q3 lap. So as long as he does what he has done in the last two race weekends, he should be near Paul. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me quickly go with one here, a trend that I saw that it's not up yet, but it's something we should definitely spy, which is I went back, looked back from 20, all the way back to even 2008. But um, there, we should definitely be looking at the lap leaders of over two and a half. Maybe, I don't know, we can even think about three, whatever the, the odds may be for that. Something we should spy because I think in 2019, we had four different lap leaders. 2018, four different lap leaders. 2017, we only had one. It's just whoever was on pole stayed up there. And in 2016, we had three different ones. 2015, one. 2014 three so there is a trend that it's and i think that and this is one i'm going to continue to research into and i want to go back to those races and, and watch those again but it looks like over two and a half should be on watch for next next week whenever they drop it is something that could definitely be in play especially if you you still have those top top four within very close of each other so something i was just buying for next week um yeah. What about uh, Dolcetto? Uh, I just want to mention something that, uh, you know, Lights Out uh, mentioned earlier, you know, with uh, Max um, almost about to clinch the championship, as you all know. He needs one race, I think, to win to uh, to clinch the championship. But uh, how much are we going to prioritize, uh, you know, Paris? Because he still has a chance to finish in second place above Charles. So, I wonder if we need to keep an eye on odds of, uh, you know, head-to-head Perez versus uh, Max. You know, how much is the team going to give the boost to, you know, to Perez to make sure that he finishes in the second position? So so something to look forward to as far as, you know, odds and uh, just kind of to keep an eye out when books release their odds uh, for the head-to-head matchups. But um, I do have one that I really like for the futures. And... Um, it is on Bovada again, and uh, it's um, it's Hamilton and Russell to get points every race the rest of the way, and it's at plus 900. I know there are six races, and this is racing, and anything can happen at any time, but when we look at this season, now the Mercedes is the most reliable car on the grid. And when you take out those two accidents in uh, in Belgium for Lewis and and the British Grand Prix for Russell. They have finished in points every race. And uh, I think that uh, Mercedes is going to keep on pushing because they're only 38 points, I believe, behind the Ferraris for the second position in the in the constructors standing. So I think the Mercedes is going to push to get every point they can. And uh, uh, those those cars, just they, they're very reliable. So I, I think that I'll take that for plus 900. Uh, I think it's... Um, uh, you know, based on trends and and based on what we've seen, this has a very good chance of winning. And I think you could even just at every part of the race, you could just throw like five bucks or whatever pizza money, as I call it, uh, on them on DNF because normally isn't it like twenty to oh, one or something like that? If you really wanted odds. to, yeah. So yeah. you take the place, take the plus nine hundred, and if you're really that afraid, 
I don't know, throw a couple bucks or whatever on that. And you at least yep. kind of have a little hedge, little hedge to yep. that if you really wanted to. But I actually love that. I think you are spot on. Mercedes PU hasn't been the greatest, the fastest in, in terms of speed this year, but it has been the most reliable compared to, I mean, you can even look at, you know, McLaren and uh, Mercedes. And obviously last weekend wasn't really great for the, the Mercedes PU and McLaren and uh, Aston Martin, but love that. Love that futures pick. But yeah, no, I love it. Jinx, talk to me. Which, which you go? Which, which you got? Oh, he's he's on mute. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll just keep going then. Um, no. So definitely love those. Uh, there we, go. There we go. There he is. That. I was talking to myself, but uh, <laughs> back in 2019, the last uh, running finisher was Kevin Magnuson by 39 seconds. And if you go back, looking at the last five. Count them five street circuits at Jetta last year, and then Jetta this year, Monaco, uh, Baku, and then we also had Miami this year. Um, neither of Haas hasn't had a double classification. Jetta last year, they both DNF'd. Uh, this year, Mick didn't race because of a DNF. Miami last lap, the Mag retired, and then Baku, Mag retired. So um, if you get the juicy odds there, um, you know, take a look at it. And it might even be looking at Mick not classifying because he crashed both times at Monaco. He had a huge crash in FP3 last year. And then this year he didn't take part in Jetta because of the massive damage he took in qualifying. Then he had a huge crash last year. So just look at on the unreliability of the Haas. I love it. You know me, Fade Haas. Fade the bad teams. I hate to say it too. I can't wait until they actually become a, a good team whenever that may be. But yeah, no, th guys, this was awesome. I know that uh, there really isn't a whole lot to, to really get into in terms of like just trying to see what, what our normal bets would be for the weekend. It is approaching. It will be here. What Monday, Tuesday, we'll start seeing some FP odds, some qualifying odds. But this was this was awesome insight from from the best, the greatest F1 betters on the planet. But uh, yeah, Bill Capper. Any, <laughs> one last any, question. Yeah, yeah, go for it. How's the wildcard team Mercedes going to do in Singapore? God, man, you know this is tough because, I, and I'll try to keep this short. But I, I, I'm very. I try to take away my biased outlook in this. And it's hard because my biased opinion keeps attacking my mind in this situation. I think they're going to steal one of the podium spots, though. I, I think one of, and if I had to guess, it would be Russell. But it's hard to not look at Hamilton for this race because he has been very successful here. I can see Hamilton getting that third spot, but I'm just going to say Mercedes will steal a podium spot. That's, that's what I'm going to say. That's it. I think that they they will they'll they'll be up there. Um, they'll have their shit together. But uh, yeah, guys, this was awesome. Any last thoughts before we we cut off here? Anything you uh, want to yeah, say? Yeah, I'll just say one more thing if that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, I was looking at when Max will win uh, the title, 
And he'll win it here if the player finishes seventh or below, so if he DNFs. But the week after is Japan, where he has to win by uh, 112 points and he'll win the title. He's currently leading by 116. And I'm sure Red Bull would really like to win the title in Japan because of their link to Honda. So they might not be too bothered about Singapore. I mean, I'm sure they still like to win, but and that further sure back focus on Japan. That further backs your Leclerc, your your Leclerc to win bet. Hopefully, we're yeah. all gonna wear the Ferrari shirts on Sunday, uh, and then we'll we'll <laughs> we'll be like halfway through. Why the hell did we do this? Did we not learn anything from the past twenty races? No, I'm just kidding, but uh, no, this was that was that's that was superb insight. It really is, yeah. Rene. I think I think your Leclerc is is really. I think I might be doing that with you. Trust me. I think we're, we're, we're feeling it for sure. But guys, that was awesome. Great conversation. Uh, again, if you haven't already joined our discord, we have the links uh, pretty much on our description. We have it in our Twitter. We have it everywhere. We also have the underdog promo code F1 money gang. If you sign up, you get a hundred percent match. Please join us again. Thank you all for joining us in this conversation and hopefully we'll be back next week.